Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. And I suggest you shut up and show more football. Come on, come on. Figure, figure. We've done that thing. Can we not knock it? I am flabbergasted. I wouldn't even let him on the bus after the match. I get a taxi back to Manchester. <laughs> Again, don't, please don't call me arrogant because what I, I'm saying is true. I'm a, I think I'm a special one. When the seagulls follow the troll, it's because they think sardines will be thrown into the sea. Thank you. Understand what I'm trying to get at. Yes, he was a great player. Yes, he was a wonderful leader. But he wasn't a magician. Take a bow, son. I mean that. Take a bow. So, are we uh, are we comfortable? That's the first question. I have tea. Andrew, do you have tea? Yeah, Mrs. Gray's just making me a cup of tea. She'll be bringing it in um, in a couple of minutes. Yeah, so we can crack on. And I, I, I know that you would be making your own tea. Were you able to? But I know because of, of, of the fact that you're laid up at the moment with a dodgy Bertie. Yeah. Um, you're not able to do that. So. Exactly. Anyway, let me um, let me continue um, with uh, more of what we would expect to hear at this point, having just yes. tuned into this podcast. Welcome all. Um, this week saw reaction to an incredible set of revelations from uh, a particular interview, uh, which subsequently prompted upset, um, some major reaction on the social media and, of course, the mainstream outlets. Uh, the establishment has been rocked. And things they say, Andrew, may never be the same again. I am, of course, talking about our interview with Paul Lambert last week. We rocked the foundations. No, no, no. I, I, I jest. It's, oh. it's a, it's a, it's a <sighs> cunning way in um, touching what's been happening in the UK this past ah, okay. week. Um, <laughs> yeah, well, my name how, is Richard you know Keys, well, and my name is. I don't like upset anybody, Andy Gray. You know me. I, I, I do know you. Of course I know you. <laughs> this is Keys and Grey, the podcast, um, and and welcome. Uh, and, and before we go any further, I think it's only right and proper to say congratulations to Rangers. Yes. Uh, after 10 long seasons, Stephen Gerrard has delivered the first for Newco. Mm. So congratulations, no, Stephen. No, 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 no. Very well He's done. delivered the 55th league title, national title, which makes us world champions. No other team in the world has won as many domestic titles as the Mighty Rangers. There you go. You can carry on now, fella. Uh, we must also, we must also uh, doff our caps to Glenn Roder, sadly, who we yes. lost this past week. I, I mean, a, a really nice man, Andy. There aren't too many what mm. I would describe as nice people mm. in football. I, I, I don't like the word, but it, it, it sometimes has to be used. Um, thoughts with him, uh, family, friends. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, just just a thoroughly engaging individual. Played always, it. I felt. Yeah. Wanted to wanted to give of himself, Andy, more to others than 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 he would gain uh, himself. I mean, I mean, we um, we miss you, Glenn. Yeah. I mean, anyway, thanks to uh, uh, all our new listeners. Um, you can follow us on Insta and Twitter at Keys and Grey Pod, mm-hmm. A-N-D, Keys and Grey Pod. Uh, please do subscribe on whatever platform you get your pods on. Share and tell others uh, who maybe are not listening at the moment. Um, I don't know what we said last week, Andy, but we've had a particular spike in new listeners in a place synonymous with glamour and glitz, which I suppose, well, actually, a place that you used to frequent quite a lot when I? you were in the UK. Okay, go uh, on. Give me a clue. Give me a clue. In the med. 
in the Med, you might go here to watch a movie or or or, or park a yacht. Uh, the Cote d'Azur. Oh well. yes, we are currently yes. Are spiking. we talking can by any chance? Well, I hope so. And if anybody in Cannes is listening and is looking for um, a, a, a couple of holiday guests, yes, I, I yes. mean, obviously, we'd be very, very happy to, um, oh, more than to join. Love it down there. Love can't, it. There. Beautiful. Beautiful part of the world. Right, now, you're going to have to indulge me here just for a minute because I want to read you something right. from, uh, where are you, Martin Ziegler, uh, from The Times. Right. Okay? Mm-hmm. The headline, Andrew, is Clubs Set to Review VAR Offside <laughs> Criteria. <laughs> And I want to read this whole article to you because I think it's fascinating. Premier League clubs are set to force three changes to the league's VAR protocols at their annual meeting in June after discontent about the way the system has been used. Club insiders say that marginal offside decisions are especially unpopular. (laughs) Well, who knew? And expect to be reinforced by a survey of players, coaches, managers and executives this week. Some club chairmen have been looking enviously at the Netherlands, where the Eredivisie has been using its own VAR offside protocol, which means offsides have been significantly more obvious to be given. So why do we need VAR? Mm-hmm. would be my first question. Me too. Uh, more obvious, uh, strictly speaking, FIFA's VAR protocols do not allow such latitude, but the Dutch have been doing it anyway, which, of course, they would. Mm-hmm. because. They're Dutch. They're Dutch. Uh, a, Premier League in, a Premier League insider, we will take the feedback and act on it, although clearly we want to be in line with VAR rules. Of course we do, if it survives. Mm-hmm. Mike Riley, the managing director of the PGMOL, the organization that oversees elite referees and video assistants, has asked to be kept updated about developments. He's asked to be kept I know. updated. Are I know. you serious? I know. Really? I know. Anyway, the survey will also ask for views on VAR systems' uh, handling of serious foul play uh, and challenges in the penalty area. Yep. Mm-hmm. Handball decisions won't be part of the survey because the law, of course, has recently been changed. So <laughs> Again. No need to go down that route. Back to where we were would be my view. Yeah. Exactly where we were. Yeah. Referee's discretion. Yep. Because you can't find perfection in these decisions. Nope. A VAR's only supposed to be used for clear and obvious decisions. But as those are often subjective, well, well, well. Yeah. <laughs> what did I say for 18 months leading up to this? That, that a, a clear and obvious error becomes subjective in the blink of an eye. Of course it does. Yes. So it's led to controversy over a number of incidents. Of course it has. The most recent one happened Wednesday evening when Phil Foden was tripped by Alex McCarthy. How's that not a pen, Andy? Uh, well. How's that not a pen? Uh, pass. <laughs> In, in, in the win, uh, uh, cities went over. John Moss, the match referee, re- viewed a replay and decided the Southampton keeper had got a slight touch of the ball. Said there was not of enough of a reason to overturn the original decision. Get off, Moss. Yes, there was. Yeah, get off. Um, they, they want a clear and obvious error, said Pep Guardiola. That was. The referee got it wrong. It's obvious to everyone that there has been contact. Now, listen, I close a paragraph or two from the end of that article by mm-hmm. asking, what... Is Mike Riley being paid for? If we're now turning to the 20 members of the Premier League to say, please help us, this is a mess. How can that be? Well, it it can be. Mike Riley is being paid for making a complete pig's ear um, of of something that um, has been introduced into the game. Um, Whether they think it was thought through or not, it wasn't. It's, it's, It's blatantly obvious it wasn't. He continues to fudge everything. He he, he ducks criticism. Um, he has no idea of leadership. Um, he has made our referees poorer than they've ever been, less talented than they've yeah. ever been, as ineffective Agreed. as they've ever been. And Mike is should be if he set out to do that, then what I would say to Mike Riley, well done, Mike. You've mission accomplished. But it's been an absolute... Listen, Richard, we were voices in the wilderness t- two years ago, you and I. Yes. We never liked it. I, yes. never, I never thought we could. And all the things we pointed out then have come home to roost. Um, yes. And, and I've never seen so many people now anti-VAR than they are now. Never. It hasn't helped. I can't think of one constructive element that it has brought that you sit back and say, do you know what? I'm glad we brought that in. Because for me, there isn't one. And I, I, I really underlined only what you said. We, we, did, we did say this. And let's never forget that Mike Riley and his officials were a year behind everyone else. They had a year to yes. get it right. Yes. 
before we put it into action. I know. I know. And 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 they still can't. And and you you hear things like, oh well, it'll take us three years. Three years? I know. Are you mad? For for me, the best option. Get rid. I know well, we're not going to because too many people have invested too much money and time. So now we've got to use it correctly, and we're not using it correctly. I have Listen, three, 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 three. Hold on, but you say we're not using it correctly. Do you actually believe? Do you actually believe we can find a way where everybody, everybody, turns around one day and says, "You know what? This is it. This is how it should be no. used." I don't think that. No, is. I don't. I don't think that because is. I. Matters of fact, I repeat, become subjective Correct. in the blink of an eye. Of and that's do. the problem, that you cannot have perfection. You cannot achieve the consistency they thought they could. It's absolutely impossible to do that. And and I, I a little line you used last week, f- football is a sport, not a science. And, and that is so true. And yeah. I shall keep repeating that line again and again. And again, but three things that would would make it better for me straight away. One, get rid of Mike Riley. His time is done. It needs, new, lead- is it done. needs new leadership. Absolutely, it needs a new Without voice. Question. It needs Refresh new ideas. It needs something. Two, have specialist VAR operators, not match day officials, in mm-hmm. their cozy club. Mm-hmm. Specific VAR operators that start to understand that watching football on television is different. So. VAR specialists, and thirdly, we must be allowed to listen to the conversation between the referee and Stockley Park. Something else we said six months ago, start of this season, and I was told, never happen, it'll never happen. Now, <laughs> it might not ever happen, but there's momentum now. Yeah, and a lot of people are asking there for is. it, and I don't see why football fans should continue to live in the dark when it comes to watching their game being played in front of them, and that t- two or three people can affect the livelihoods of men in a secretive club, yeah. which is what it is at the moment. We want to hear that audio, and yeah. there's no good reason why not, unless you're covering something uh, up. Yeah, unless you've got then something to hide. Then I understand why you don't want to if stay If you've here. got nothing to hide, yeah. I agree with you. You've been, you've been consistent in your views about this, but we must hear it for long enough now. And there's, there is no good reason. I can't think of a good reason that we can't hear it unless, unless they have something to hide. That's the only reason that they would not allow us to listen in to what the referee and the VAR operatives are discussing. There's no reason not to. None, none, none at all. Um, uh, Martin Samuel in the mail. Um, sit up, all you Newcastle fans, those of you who are oh. already waving your fist and, and, and <laughs> in frustration. Uh, <laughs> almost certainly some of the things that have been said already. A, a small paragraph from Sammy today. Mike Ashley's regime at Newcastle has, as we know, taken the club to lows never previously imagined. So it was no surprise to read this week that under his ownership, the average league position is a desperate 14th oh, during his time, Andy. Compared to the 70 years, 70 years prior to Ashley, um, when Newcastle's average finish was a mighty 17th. <laughs> Interesting too, says Sammy, that players are frustrated at being given time off and not being made to work harder in training. Yeah, no. If they want to run around more, of course, they could always try it in matches. Correct. Doing Starting the tonight, yeah, Friday, yeah. against Aston Villa. Yeah. Very good, Sammy. <laughs> I, I did like that. And also this week, before we get round to talking to our guest, Peace from Crossy in the mirror. The most debated goal in World Cup history. It has to be Jeff Hurst's, does it not? Yes, Absolutely. World Cup well, final, it, all the drama, the, the closeness of the now, game. I can now, after all these years, despite despite your manipulation of the pictures... I never manipulated them. Sky, yes, you did. I did. No, yes, you did. I, I, I didn't because I wasn't uh, techy enough and okay with the technology to be able to manipulate it. I just said to the can, guys, can, could, <laughs> I said to them, here are the pictures. Can you show me if this ball was over the line? And categorically, yeah. they come back and says, Andy, yeah. Jeff's goal, was, Sir Jeff's goal, was not over the line. I said, I thought that. Well, Thank we you. all know it was. That, that's, <laughs> that's the first thing. I, I would point out that the, our technology wasn't as good as today's. And we're no, that's for sure. That's for sure. Even now. But, um, well, I can confirm uh, for the English that Jeff Hurst's shot did cross the line. And we know that now because few people had a better view of Hurst's goal than Keith Waldron, one of eight... Boy Scouts working as messengers 
for photographers on the day. He's 71 now. He's been tracked down to Australia, and he said, I had a great view of Jeff's goal. From the angle that we looked at, it definitely looked in. Well, there you go. There's a flaw in his argument already from the angle we looked at. See, he was not right in line with it. So I'm sorry. What was his name again? Is it? <laughs> um, uh, Jeff Waldron. Uh, Keith Waldron. Keith. Keith Waldron. Well, listen, Keith, yes. I mean, as Richard and I know, age is a terrible thing for your memory. And I can tell you, from my angle, uh, it was definitely not in. I, I should, in the interests <laughs> of fair play, continue that quote where he says, but you can't really be sure. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> uh, I love it. I love it. Yeah, that is, I, I, do you so, know what? You know, when I think about it now, when you say that, 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 that probably is the most talked about, a, a wee sort of insular, and I thought about that, because the World Cup was in England and because England won it, that we think that that's the most important goal. Or if, you, if we kind of step out of that, is there another goal you can think of that would... would I, I don't think so. Significant, I don't think. No. No, no. Two two at the time. It's the goal that was going to win it until Jeff Hurst cracked in that, that fourth. Yeah. Um yeah. after the yeah. glorious, gloriously cultured piece of football by Bobby Miller. Oh, yeah. And the reason the reason that we're talking about this is that yeah. is the direction in which we're going this week with our guest. Uh, Fleet Street Giant Andy. When when I started out, nineteen what was I, eighteen, nineteen, uh, I was that that messenger, that <laughs> photographer's messenger, really, working for a, an agency in London called Haters, Reg Hater, That's right. yeah, yeah. Uh, who'd seen the future. And we used to provide copy stories, yeah. uh, cover for, 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 for the big boys. I mean, a Saturday afternoon for me would probably be three three runners, which, which uh, to describe a runner, is a, an updated match report so that it goes straight in. What was the pink or the greenen or whatever else at five to five? You got a match report. Mm. It was just an updated series of of of, of uh, paragraphs, yeah. really, on what had happened. <laughs> so three of those, probably uh, three rewrites when it's all over, so that there's a more balanced view of it all. A um, couple of radio pieces to local radio, uh, service, world of sport, and grandstand with scores. That's how they got their scores. Yeah. There was no other way in those yeah. days. Waited for a phone call. Um, so so and 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 then service half a dozen of the big beasts in Fleet Street, of which uh, Steve Curry was one. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, Misty. One day I'll tell the story how Harry Redknapp ended Steve Curry's career, uh-huh. but not right now. No. But Steve Curry was one. Uh, Brian Glanville, uh, whom whom Bob Paisley deeply disliked. I'm sorry, Brian, if you're listening. Um, he, he even left a, a, a carriage, Andy, in a railway trip back from Ipswich to London because I'm not sitting in there with that bloody Brian Grandin. <laughs> and he came in and sat with me, Jimmy Case, Ray oh, Kennedy, a whole host of others. And I thought, oh, God, that's the end of that then. But but no, the, these guys were, were giants yeah. And, and, yeah. And when Fleet Street was proper. And amongst them, amongst them was our guest today who who – well, I, I, if Bob had a closer confidant in the press, I don't know who it was. Yeah. And, and he was also a very good mate personally. And that gentleman is the uh, former Daily Mail chief football writer. Right. Uh, now turned his hand to boxing. And I'm thoroughly looking forward to spending time in his company. Andy. Yeah, me too. Thank you for joining us, Jeff. I, I honestly, I've been looking forward to this since you agreed some forty-eight hours ago. Um, I, I think this will be good, Andy. Yeah, I'm absolutely delighted. Yeah, it's been great to listen to you, Jeff. Jeff, yeah, pleasure for me too, guys. Well, yeah. it, it, it's um, I, I've been. Let, let me. So where are you going to start, Keith? Can gonna... I ask you where are you going to start with, with this? Because well, the word I've always liked to describe journalists mm. like like Jeff are. Fleet Street heavyweight. I mean, oh, absolutely! That, that, that's got you know that's got power to it. Let me. So where let, do we start? Let me take. Let, let, let me rip right through the you're early not, days, you're Jeff. Not, hold on, you're not fat shaming me, Andy. No. no. <laughs> 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 I am not, Jeff. I am not. <laughs> uh, yes, yes. Welcome, welcome to 2021, Jeff. So, uh, East End boy. <laughs> Not very good at school, had a talent for writing, uh, wrote to 98 different newspapers before the Walthamstow Bugle or whatever it was said, yes, come and work for us because we don't have to put <laughs> yep. you up in accommodation. 
occasionally would turn out for the local team because they didn't have enough numbers and somehow managed to get himself a fabulous job on the Daily Mail. Would that be correct? Have I missed anything out? That's all good so far. That's absolutely spot on. But along the way... Right, question. Question, Keezy. As a footballer then, Jeff, what position were you? Where did you play? Oh, that's a very good question. I played either... Either as a rather short uh, second centre half, or as, as the hacker in midfield just in front of him. <laughs> well, hacker, that's appropriate, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> but Andy, the twist in the tail is he had to pass judgment on the team from one to eleven in the following newspaper article. So, so uh, the, he he was critiquing his own game. How did that go, Jeff? <laughs> well, for the. For a man, for a, a chap called Dave Branton, who 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 I was uh, the ringer for, it wasn't very good because he had a terrible game. Uh, I probably played quite well, but he was awful. <laughs> and he was a good lad too, <laughs> but it was a shame. <laughs> it was his most disappointing appearance of the season. <laughs> Pressure got to him, Jeff. Pressure got to him. Yeah. <laughs> so, so along the way, Jeff, and I hate to mention it because so, but but it, listen, he was my first hero, and, and and when I first thought about asking you to join us this week, I was thinking about um, uh, Ali Frazier, the fiftieth anniversary last Monday. Yeah, I was thinking yeah, Tyson yeah, Fury, yeah. and and you know, but I, I I kind of have changed my mind. I I just want to stay in that era because. This podcast, I like to think, Jeff, is more Radio 2 than anything else. So we've got a generation that kind of grew up with us that are loyal and, and, and join in. So I don't make any apologies for staying in that place. So how, how did you get from Walthamstow no. then to the Daily Mail? And, as I said, or was about to, mm. uh, met a certain Bobby Moore along the way. Well, um, I mean, uh, being an East End boy as well, um, I, I kind of... Uh, Grew, grew up around those people. The, the, the journey from the Walthamstow Garden, as it was, uh, that area of, of East London was quite fertile ground for for sort of uh, thrusting young journos who, who wanted to get on. It was it was quite competitive among the local papers, and there was a good track record of of, of guys from that that area of London progressing to Fleet Street, and I became part of that chain. A very uh, Great former sport. I was ended up sports editor of that paper, and a former sports editor, the late and great Ken Wilson, was on the Mail, and he sort of asked me to go in and and start doing casual shifts. So I was I was in the end like almost doing two jobs. I was sports editor of that paper, and then working at nights on the Mail, and uh, and then eventually they took me on full time as football reporter. No, as a as a sub editor. Um, and I sort of rose up the ranks of that quite quickly. But I, I was always doing pieces and writing as well, and I wanted to get out on the road. So I became a football reporter quite quickly and then eventually a always... football writer for many years. Yeah. Do you think, Jeff, were you, were you always, even as a, a youngster, did you always think you had a good, um, were you a good judge of football? Were you a good judge of sport? Did you think you were, even at a young age? Well, I... I don't know. I mean, I loved sport, um, played a lot of sports. Um, uh, and uh, I, I guess you got steeped in it. Um, my grandfather had played um, for Berry in their heyday um, <laughs> and also for Lancashire cricket. Um, my father was a boxing fanatic. Um, he liked fighting. He did a lot of it in the Second World War. Um, <laughs> yeah. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so I sort of grew, I grew up with sport and uh, I mean my father was travelling for work after the war all over the country as a scaffolder so I got I goodness knows how many schools and, uh, and obviously a very fractured education um, but sport was always a constant uh, was I a good judge? I don't know I, as I went along I, I was fortunate enough uh, to run across a lot of important people uh, in football, uh-huh. Dave Sexton, who was a brilliant manager, very, uh, you know, very thoughtful coach, very innovative coach. He was a man I was covering Leighton Orient, and Dave was manager of Orient. We used to go on the long bus rides to the away matches um, in the lower division. So you'd go on about a five-hour bus ride to Scunthorpe or somewhere. Wow. And I used to sit next. I used to sit next to Dave 
um, and pick his brains relentlessly. And uh, so the more people you spoke to, the 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 more yeah. cute you got about, say, football, for example. So yeah. um, so that was good. There was Ron Greenwood and his um, and his sherry's sherry parties after matches, uh, which would go on into the small hours sometimes. At West sherry Ham. parties, Jeff. So, Sherry party. Sherry, Sherry, yes. Really? Robin used to invite invite <laughs> invite those those who he did not include in his, his description to his players that the, the, the press were serpents trying to get under the door. Uh, those of us to, those of us to whom he opened the door uh, were treated to Ron's to Ron Sherry's and so that was great. And your your knowledge expands as you go along and, and you talk to more and more people. I mean, there were uh, long nights into the into the wee hours with the likes of Brian Clough um, and so on and so forth. Uh, no, 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 no. We can't. We can't do Shankly, no, Jeff. Jeff know. can't do so on and so forth because as you talk, see, I, I my eyes were opened by you fellas. I wanted to be part of that set. I was desperately keen. Apart from the night at Stamford Bridge when Big Curry screamed, "Where's the fucking haters, man?" Were the quotes. And I'm thinking, jeez, <laughs> I've, I've even got these telephones back in the box yet. Hold on. Um, <laughs> but I wanted to be part of that. And if you, we, we, we worked in a, a different era, but I, I am envious of you guys. You just threw a couple in that Shankly, Clough, Greenwood. I, yeah. I, I mean, yeah. these yeah. And, and the relationship you guys had with them was different, wasn't it? I mean, it, 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 Joe, it was Joe Mercer, it, it was you know, there's another one. It was it was different with with everybody, the players included, because we used to travel together all the time, be it with a club or be it with England. Mm. Um, yeah. You you, tra- you all travel together. Uh, you you went to the bar together. Um, you you had a sort of an understanding that um, you didn't overstep the line with with nonsensical revelations <laughs> about whether somebody had a drink in a bar after a game or whatever. And uh, in, in fact, it would have been pretty hypocritical to do so, since you were drinking yes. with them and buying the drinks for them. <laughs> and Andy, Andy will re- Andy will remember that we, we had a few um, collisions of that variety down the years. Oh yes, as we, oh, as yes. we did as we did with everybody. And there was an yeah. element of trust and understanding. And um, you know, when I was lucky enough to pick up the odd award here and there, you'd always be asked. Uh, you know, what, what, what were key elements of it for young journalists? And I've always said, um, do not bow to the pressure to betray a confidence or a contact for something uh, scandalous or um, sensationalist, because if you don't do that, you will end up getting the really great stories. But if you betray mm-hmm. them, You'll be persona non grata, and that would be that. Agreed. And there is a lot. There's more pressure these days for the, uh, the you know, the uh, the cheap story of the moment than there's ever been. Yes. It's difficult yes, for the younger guys, um, and they also don't have the same contact and access to the players. I mean, uh, someone mentioned to me in the office the other day. Oh well, that guy, you know, he's got a lot of uh, PR contacts. Well, yeah, uh, but that guy hardly <laughs> ever speaks to a footballer, you know. So, exactly. you know, that's that's yeah. how the game's changed. What, yeah. What were they like, Jeff? What I mean, Clough, Reevy, there's another one. Um, I, I mean, it, Bertie, yeah. me, it must have been fascinating spending time with these boys. Well, you know, Cluffy. I mean, I recall um, one European Cup tie uh, with, with Forest. And uh, we went. We went in for the usual, very significant amount of drink with Brian after the game. <laughs> that was on the Wednesday night, and uh, and then we sort of uh, Thursday, as the as the sun rose on Thursday morning, I went to go across to the hotel just across the way from the ground there at the time, picked up the bag, and he said, "Well, come back for a heart starter." So I went back on uh, just having written a piece at just just about Thursday lunchtime. And finally got home at three o'clock Friday afternoon. That was, that was a fairly decent social occasion. <laughs> <laughs> but again, it was pretty revealing um, uh, about what Brian's thoughts were about the game uh, uh, and so on. Um, with Don Reavy, I was fortunate I got to know him extremely well uh, in times at Leeds and, um, and then with England. And he gave me the story. Uh, the world exclusive, as we say in, in, in mm. the modern parlance, uh, of his 
uh, uh, resigning as England manager and going off to um, the Middle East. So I remember that, yeah. And I kept a lot of confidences for Don, as for every many many people down the years, and that one um, paid off big time. So just on that, Jeff. Um, just on that. It's a uh, question of how you question of how you conduct yourself, of really. Of course, but on the on the Reevy, um, I mean, I, I think I'm a voice in the wilderness here, Andy, as well in, in many respects. I, I like Don, and I don't think he ever got enough credit for it putting that magnificent side together. But is is it the case he was no. getting the sack anyway and that's why he left? Yes, absolutely. Um he he knew he was going um going to be to be axed. Um the, the chairman of the football association at the time, Professor Sir Harold Thompson, uh just didn't get on with him at all. And it was a lot of very odd reasons for that. Um none of them of any detriment to Don. Yeah, and the offer came from um from Dubai, and he had to consider his family. He knew that uh, his time was up, and he just made a, a decision to being a great family man as he was, um, mm. with his own family and with his players at Leeds. And he said, "You know, I've got to, I've got to ensure everybody's future, and uh, it's not going to be popular. And I know that um, there'll be criticism for it, um, but I've got to think of us first, which he did." Well, if you're listening, Don, I, I didn't at the time, couldn't understand it as a young man, but but as uh, time's moved on, absolutely, 100%. A wonderful guy, very generous guy. I mean, um, and as, as, you, as you know, his Leeds players, you know, would have died for him. Um, yeah, they would have, wouldn't they? Wouldn't they just, Jeff, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Why, yeah. why did football wonder, turn its why, why back on chance? Bob, Jeff? On? Um, on Bobby. On Bobby, well... Uh, there was a feeling of uh, the people who ran the game and the people who played it, they considered to be muddied oafs, by and large. You know, the the, the, fir- the first of the of the Blazer generation. I mean, it's, it's interesting to recall that Alf Ramsey was the first England manager who was allowed to pick the team. Yes, um, yes. The, <laughs> wow. The, the amazing thought, isn't it, for the, these day and age? Mm. And his predecessors... Um, uh, was presented with the team by the the uh, senior international committee after their very learned wow. deliberations, and then uh, <laughs> tried to make the best of it. <laughs> uh, you know, so the I mean, when you've got sort of four left backs, three goalkeepers, and two centre halves, it's a bit difficult to juggle it into a team that's going to win a World Cup. So there you went. Uh, so you know, it's. Um, Bobby was sort of on the on the, the back end of that era, if you like, of of, of mismanagement by the FA. Uh, became, of course, Ramsey's man, um, and um, his contribution as a player was, which was enormous, was based on a, a computer of a football mind. Uh, he was, you know, um, mega chips in front of everybody in positioning, yeah, knowing where yeah. to be, where the ball was going to go when he got it. Uh, a classic example being the the last of Jeff Hurst hat trick goals in the World Cup final. Yeah, when oh, yeah, was screaming yeah, and yeah. hit the ball in the yeah. stand, Bobby just looked <laughs> round, pulled yeah. it down, hit it a mere fifty or sixty yards, and Jeff blasted it into the net. And while everyone was, was expecting him to sort of play the ball out anywhere, uh, here here was a great football brain, um, and in their wisdom, uh, the FA decided not to use him as a as I would have thought he would have made a great defensive coach for England. Um, But also, he was when he didn't have a job, and uh, and and Terry Venables took him to to Crystal Palace, and he was working. He was working with the youth team there. He was quite brilliant with it. He was actually the youngest um, player uh, to get the full FA coaching badge at the time. Mm. All that was overlooked. there were instances where he could have had um, good jobs, and uh, you know some people who had taken uh, a disliking to him in the, in the higher echelons of the game spoiled things for him. Um, I mean, I I got a phone call at seven o'clock one morning from from Elton John, who um, had been on England trips with us and so on and so forth. Was there any chance I could get Bobby Moore to be manager of Watford? So I said I thought that was possible. Uh, we arranged a lunch um, at a hotel on the on the banks of the Thames, 
Uh, we went to the lunch. They chatted. It all went very well. I left the, that part of the conversation uh, to get a drink at the bar, of course, while they they sorted out. Well, absolutely. <laughs> yes. While they sussed put people together, sussed they work, Jeff. I mean, come on. <laughs> and uh, while while they sorted out the money and came back, and everything was pretty much done, so the hands were shaken, uh, and off they went. Uh, and then there was um, radio silence. Nothing, nothing from Elton. Uh, I couldn't get a call through to him after four or five weeks to see what was happening, nor could Bobby. He eventually presented, um, and then he appointed Graham Taylor, who was, of course, wow. um, very much an FA creature. And, of course, yes. he, did a, he, did a, he did a terrific job um, within what I regarded as his rather constricted playing style, but he did a magnificent job for Watford in that context. But the fact of the matter was that Elton had agreed and shaken hands on giving Bobby the job. Now, uh, Graham was, you know, very much allied to the FA coaching scheme and style of play, and 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 style of person. Uh, and it was pretty evident that somebody had said to somebody at Watford, oh, "I'm not sure you want Bobby. He's a big time yeah. Charlie," which, of course, oh, as a human being, he wasn't. He was a very modest guy. And uh, and the poison was put in, and and Graham was recommended. So, uh, now it worked out well enough for Elton, but it was that was one of several serious disappointments for Bobby at the time when he should have been getting a job and yes. making so, a name for himself. I, I just used that manager. phrase, Jeff, turn its back. I didn't realise that that actually that really was the case. That that you saying there was a almost a campaign to keep him out. Uh, not a campaign, a kind of insidious kind of, um, and also supercilious way of regarding, uh, you know, the, one of the greatest players of all time. And mm. there was always a, a sort of bit of a resentment among um, the officialdom uh, uh, about the about players, and Bobby represented the peak of of players at that time, the only World Cup winning captain. Um, mm. Very handsome guy. Um, conduct, he conducted himself well at all times. I mean, uh, uh, Bobby was always amenable to anybody who approached him, mm. and um, and always charming. But there was there was something afoot with regard. Perhaps they thought, and it, that, that this this was nag, that this nag that both of us until Bobby eventually died, that um, there was a, a bit of a fear that. You know, he could possibly have become a larger figure in football than the Blazers themselves. I think he's the one most likely to do that. Do you know what? I think um, you're, you're, he, probably he, right he, you're probably right there. You're probably right there. Sorry, Andy. He might he might yeah. he might have yeah. been a very handsome young man, Bobby Moore. But as mm. we all know, when you go out on 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 the pool, as we used to call it, you you need to go with someone that you know you can trust, a good wingman. Yeah, uh, how, how could absolutely. how could you the, the scenario East End two two teenagers out on the town together, and they got knocked back late on in 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 in, in the old fashioned disco. Bobby Moore, and and the other one was who was the other one, Jeff? Um, Jeff um, uh, Jeff oh. Powell, I think. <laughs> yeah, it was. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 I didn't. I didn't get beyond kicking people up in the air on Hackney Marshes. I mean, what the hell happened there? Fantastic. <laughs> uh, listen, you. Uh, there's this beautiful piece you wrote on the 25th anniversary of of us losing Bob, and and this really oh, thank you, stuck out at me. Uh, you, you talk about. You know, he never, he never, he never said why me. Never said he was. It wasn't about to start now. This is a, this is a lunch you had sixty hours, I think, before he died. We talked of the good times, of West Ham days and London nights, of running on holiday yeah. beaches, of dinners with Pele and Beckenbauer, Best and Cruyff, yeah. Eusebio and Carlos yeah. Alberto, Venables and yeah. Menotti. I mean, wow, extraordinary. Yeah, yeah. Well, they they, they were remarkable times. Um, I recall uh, Italian 90. Um, uh, uh, Pelé was in town. I was there with Bobby um, knocking around at, at the weekend of the final. Um, a, a great mutual friend of ours. Pelé was in town of, knocking around friend of with Bobby. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it's and, difficult um, to, to, to see that. It's wonderful. Yeah. 
and 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 so the, you know, it was arranged that we would we'd have dinner on um, the night before the game, two nights before the game, and we went to this great Italian restaurant, which is you expect a great Italian restaurant in Rome. Mm. And uh, yep. Pele came in, and the two of them, as they always did when they met each other, embraced. And um, we, we sat there until about, I don't know, four in the morning, chatting and what have you. And it, it was all that was just wonderful, really. Um, and uh, wherever we went, we, uh, we we sort of mixed with like football people and had a wonderful time. I was very privileged in that way, perhaps more so than some of the chaps. Um, and Bobby was obviously uh, an entry to that. But then uh, we go back to when we first met, when we were in the Ilford Palais, in uh, a, a Palais de Dance in East London, <laughs> and uh, I was Ilford. here with this great, this this great, then a handsome sort of rising guy coming up at West Ham, and um, but but neither neither of us uh, perhaps quite as bumptious as as I've become, <laughs> and we stood at, we stood at, we stood at the side. <laughs> we, we stood to the side as that you know the old silver ball with all the lights for it went round the, the old oh yes thing I remember had. Those. and neither of us could sort of pluck up the courage to go and ask a girl to dance so we stood there like a couple of dopey wallflowers I mean imagine <laughs> if you if you fast forward it that like maybe ten years and and the the local fauna had seen uh, had seen Bobby Moore standing there he wouldn't be able to get off the floor but that's how we started out thinking. Are we ever going to be able to pull a bird? I mean, it was unbelievable. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, dear. The, the, the article, Jeff, or a number, you, you, you posed the question, had Bob lived another 25 years, I, what trouble would we have got into? Do, do you have an answer to that <laughs> question? Uh, yeah, um, uh, probably, but perhaps not one I'd like to print, really. Um, <laughs> yeah. I think, and it, it might, yes, it might have made our domestic life a bit more problematic because, uh, <laughs> you know, um, long long nights with the with the, the can of beers popping, don't, you know, don't lead to sort of uh, harmony at home always, do they? Jeff, what does the phrase coming through mean to you? Oh, well, that, <clears throat> that's what Bobby would always say if... Um, he was a great insomniac, and in a, in a single period of uh, this was something he always used. If he was going to come and see somebody, he would be he'd call out and say, "Right, coming through." If he was coming up uh, from out in Chingford into town to to, to meet up, um, it would be coming through. But it became particularly prevalent for us because you know I was living in a, a bachelor pad in London, and. Um, you know, he he was, he was parked outside. I think it was in Putney at the time, and he would not be able to sleep. So the phone would ring at four or five in the morning. Uh, just coming oh. through. Okay, so um, <laughs> uh, the, I, I'd pull on some rags, and he'd, he'd ring the uh, he'd ring the bell. Having driven up, and uh, I had a little balcony which overlooked um, a church square in um, around Gloucester Road. And so we'd go out and sit on the balcony, whatever the oh, weather, lovely. and uh, have a few have a few drinks, and the sun would come up. And uh, quite often, there was a church in this square, and the, the the vicar would come out doing his rounds around the church, open the doors and whatever, and would look up at us, perched on the balcony <laughs> at sort of seven o'clock. And Bobby would always <laughs> say, "Good mo- good morning, vicar." <laughs> And the guy would go. <laughs> I, I, you, you will know this, Jeff. For those who don't, I have to share this because I, I, I can imagine that. Well, I can't imagine that scene. But when he's when he's under house arrest with the was it the chairman of the Colombian Football Association? Um, yeah. Only yeah. receiving calls from family. Phone rings, and at the other end of it is Kenny Lynch, and and Kenny's told yeah. family only. <laughs> And Kenny says, well, I'm his brother. Yeah. He said, what, called Lynch? He said, stage name. And he said, thank God he couldn't, he couldn't see me. But he said, I got through to Bob. And Bobby, Bobby yeah. said, well, Christ's sake, don't come out here. I'll get 10 years if you turn up. Lynch. I mean, it happens with different people. I mean, I recall when, when, when George Best was 
somewhat scandalously arrested, to be honest, and, and was was put on on trial. And um, so, I mean, quite sadly, there were only two people who agreed to give a character witness for him. Uh, that was myself and uh, the late Hugh McIlvany, a uh, journalist colleague, which many people who many people will remember. Yeah. yeah so yeah, we went yeah. a, across the bridge, the, across the bridge from Fleet Street. Well, I walked across the bridge to the Crown Court, the other side, and, and we sat there. And, um, we were both um, called to give um, reference to him and what a wonderful guy he was, and say it was crazy that he would be sent to prison. He didn't have a bad bone in his body, he and didn't. so on. He didn't. And then, and no. then. No, no, lovely guy, George. And then um, uh, the, the, he got he got sentenced, and as he he sort of got up and was being led away from the court, he went he went to the, the officer just one moment, and he walked over to Hugh and I and said, oh, "Guys, uh, if you hadn't given evidence to me, I'd have got probation." Ah, <laughs> 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 uh, dear. So the, 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 no, George was amazing. I, there was a little bar just just off um, off um, Pall Mall, which I used to meet him at from time to time. And this guy was had been cast. Yeah, he liked to drink. Yeah, he, he you know being probably the most handsome man you meet in your life. Yeah, he had, he had a way with women. Um, uh, so we we went into this bar at, at, uh, after a game about sort of six thirty one afternoon. Fulham game, and uh, it was a little tiny place, and so you know we we were standing there, and uh, this rather grumpy-looking guy was sitting at the one little table in the corner, and you remember those old-fashioned beer glasses which look like um, sort of small window panes? You remember those yes, big heavy ones? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, with the handle, right? Yes. Yeah. Yep. So th- this guy's got a a beer full in one of these. And he just came over, walked across, and smashed George on the back of the head with it. What? Which was a wow. pleasant moment. And so, you know, between I jumped on this guy, the, the the manager leapt over the bar and we pinned him down. What are you doing? Ah, George Best, he, he's a, he's an asshole and what have you. And it was it was incomprehensible. Uh, the barmaid was patching him up, blood pouring out of his head. The police were called. And the officers came in and they took statements. Of course, their first reaction was, oh, George has been in a fight again. But we managed to disabuse them of that prejudice. And then finally they said, well, well, Mr. Best, um, what do you want to do about this? Do you want to press charges? And he just looked at the guy and he said, no, I'm not going to do that. He said, I feel sorry for you. You need help. And that was his only response to it. I mean, that was best thing, I I didn't have the intimate moments with him that you did, Jeff. But the time I spent with George, I, I mean, I... I yeah. concur. I mean, just a lovely, lovely guy with with a with an illness, with Absolutely. a problem he couldn't control, and and yeah. it was yeah. such a terrible shame. But uh, as a person, absolute gent, no question. Yeah, um, sweetheart. I'm, sweetheart. I'm, I'm, I'm glad we didn't talk about Ali and Joshua or anything else, Jeff. But I I, I knew I'd enjoy myself, and and I can't thank you enough. I yeah. always say this: people that go out of their way to talk to myself and Andy, it, it's it's great. I mean, I, I could I could do this I could do this longer. Um, but I'm afraid we have to work to timings. Um, but thank you, Jeff. Seriously. Well, I've got, I've got an idea, Richard. Well, that's I've okay. Got an I mean, idea. The good thing about Jeff, sorry, Jeff, the good thing about having you on, yeah. and the reason we never touch boxing is we can always get you back on and touch and all those Well, there subjects. you go. That's good. Well, yeah, <laughs> well, but we might, okay. we might but be think, pushing our luck a bit, Andy. Well, I think we probably should end it now because, you know, I, I, I've i only just got in and I need to sit an hour or two before I go to, to the office. You, one last, one yeah. last Bobby yeah. Moore, Jeff. One last Bobby Moore. As, as a young Coventry fan, I, I can see it now. They come to Coventry. Um, he, he, I, I can't work out for an hour why it is that we keep putting the ball on his head. Why don't I'm, I'm thinking to myself, why don't we play it somewhere else? Every time we play a ball in, we put it on his head. And of course, it was years later I realized that that's what Bob did. He knew what was happening, didn't he? And and, and he was there to yeah, stop absolutely. It before it did. It, 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 it was a wonderful, wonderful guy as well. Wonderful guy. Jeff Powell. Uh, yeah, he was a hu- human commute and a wonderful guy. And there's one thing that's we great, haven't. Yeah. I, I, hope, I hope you noticed, Jeff, one thing we haven't spoken about. It's been discussed too often and it hung around his neck forever and a day. And uh, with respect to Bob, that's why we haven't. Correct. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. All right. Thank you, Jeff. Take care, gentlemen.
Thank you, Thank you very much. Cheers, Andy. Cheers, Rich. Bye. Bye. Absolutely, absolutely wonderful. And uh, can you picture that scene, <laughs> really? Andy? Gloucester Square, 7 a.m. on any given day of the week. Jeff Powell and Bobby Moore sat on a balcony uh, having a glass of something, whatever that may have been at that time. Uh, in, entirely different age, wasn't it? Entirely different age. Oh, uh, totally. I, 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 want to, I want to ask him, really. Do you think, I'll ask you, do you think, because you're, you're a journalist, or are a journalist, son. You did well. Yeah. You are a journalist. Thank you you don't lose it. Thank you. But I'm just thinking. Do you think? Do you think there are relationships like that now in the modern game? <sighs> very, very good question. No. Do you know what I mean? No, I think there was lots of them in those days, wasn't yeah. there? Yeah, we all, we all. I mean, you had it. You yes. had it a bit, didn't you? You Absolutely. had it a bit, Merseyside. Yes, uh, yes. Because I mean, Jeff's right. You, you know, if if you could, if if somebody got into trouble, if you could find a way around it so that that yeah. it didn't surface, that was your primary job. Not Correct. as is Correct. the case these days to get it out as a piece of clickbait and 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 follow up mm. in the blink of an eye. And that, mm. that's that's why. I mean, I think he alluded to that with the Don Reavy story. That's why when yes. the big one came, Don trusted him with it. And, yeah, and it, it's different now. It, it really is. But I, I, you know, Bob for me, one of my first footballing heroes, and uh, could talk about him all. Yeah, day. really could. One thing we haven't spoken about, my friend, is how's your knee? Um, we're getting this. Um, that's two weeks tomorrow since the op, and uh, slowly, slowly, um, because I, you know, having had plenty of injuries. Uh, and plenty. This is this is probably the, the the biggest that I've had in that respect. So I ain't rushing it. I'm not going to rush it. Easy at my no, age. No, um, no. But I'm hoping if I continue to progress, that I'll hopefully be back with you by the end of the month. That's well, my plan anyway. Set you from the start, Andy. We're 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 too old now to be cutting corners. We need to do things. Yeah, <laughs> Whatever, whatever's left. Oh, absolutely. We want to enjoy it. <laughs> we want to enjoy it as best we can. Uh, oh, anyway, uh, thanks definitely. again to Jeff Powell. Um, as I said, part way through, we are we are what I I think we're Radio Two, Andy, aren't we? We're not we're not youthful. So um, those of no. you who have joined and and enjoy what we do, thank you for that. You can get in touch on Insta and Twitter at Keys and Gray Pod. Uh, please subscribe on whatever platform you get your pods and share and tell others, obviously. And uh, we look forward very much to spending time with you next week. In the meantime, Andy, look after Absolutely. yourself. Talk in the week. Talk to you soon, pal. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 